The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by the Niner Empire GB. Frequency 49 show. I'm your host, Kat Victorino, and joining me today are James Little and Michael Wandy. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. So we are officially beginning our fifth season of this podcast with this episode. Is that not exciting? Jeez, actually, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. It's a new season. Uh-huh. We're into a new league season, so we might as well do a new league, uh, new league, a new podcast season to match the league season. <laughs> we are hoping to bring you listeners a smattering of off-season episodes to help cover the drafts, perhaps OTAs and mini camps, perhaps training camp, all culminating in the official weekly recordings that'll start this September when the regular season begins. For this particular episode, I thought we'd get together and talk about all the activity that has occurred during this free agency period, starting with the one person we've been talking about for months, guys. Let's talk about Antonio Brown. He's not our player, is he? No, he's not. Thank goodness. I was very much all for him. And then it's, it's sort of like, <laughs> I don't know what they It's sort of like when you first meet a person and then after a couple of weeks, you, you start to see a different side to the person you originally met. <laughs> which is how he, which how he is. I mean... Don't get me wrong. I still think he's going to be a very productive player. We're going to, I personally think we're still going to see him in that top five receiver in the league. But that comes with a bit of a, a bit of a, an ego that, to me, it's come out of nowhere. He was uh, one of the best receivers in the league. It seemed, you know, seemingly happy on the team and doing well, and you know, and it just seemed like the ultimate professional. And then, I mean, there's him and his friend Le'Veon Bell that the these guys sometimes have a bit of a, well, throw their toys out the car, I suppose. But ultimately, I'm glad. I'm, yeah, yeah, I am disappointed from a football point of view that he's not on our team because of the production he brings. However, I think the money that we would have had to pay him, or at least he's been paid by his team now, would be a bit much. So, yeah, I mean, I think production is still going to produce next year, but then the year after we'll be like... Yeah, I'm kind of glad we didn't get Antonio Brown, Mr. Big Chest. Michael, what do you think? I think there are always two sides of the coin. Uh, yes, uh, productive-wise, uh, we will miss him. Uh, but uh, like James said, he's a diva. But then if you listen closely to that uh, team he came from, um, there are a lot of players now, not only him and Bell, who are raising problems with uh, Big Ben. So... We don't know what happens, and I think he uh, did what he did lately to drop his uh, trade value. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I personally am glad we did not even look at that, to be honest. When he started posturing and uh, uh, serenading the Niners over Twitter... I my my alarm bells went up, but just something didn't feel good about that from the get go. So, the Raiders are welcome to him. Let's uh, let's move on to OBJ. Talk to me about Ant- o- Odell Beckham Jr. There's no way we should have given up the second pick for him. No chance. Worse than that, James. Before you continue, 
what I'm hearing around here, and I'm sure it started to hit uh, Facebook and all the news media, uh, I'm hearing not only did the Giants want our second round pick, plus future draft picks, they also wanted DeForest Buckner. Uh, what? No, who's going to, in their right mind, well, then possibly our previous uh, general manager may have done it, but no, in seriousness, who's going to give up that? Exactly. No way. Especially our most productive player, well, certainly on defense last season. And to take away a key part of a defense that is being built, in my opinion, very well. We'll get onto it later on, I'm sure. But yeah, um, I'm a big fan of Odell Beckham Jr. Again, talent-wise, I, I like a bit of the showmanship. But to give up all that just for him to fight with the goal-kicking nets on our sidelines, I'm all right, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Michael? I'm with James on this, but I think we get our revenge on draft day uh, because uh, I think Bosa will go on one and the Giants will be, will be desperate to get a new quarterback behind Eli. So maybe the second is worse, the sixth and the seventeenth. <laughs> okay, okay, interesting theory. Very interesting. I actually would have liked to get him. I think he would be a nice fit for our system. However, I was would not be willing to pay that kind of price for it either. So I'm I'm right there with you guys. It's just too much. Yeah, too much. Exactly, too much to give up for him. I mean, if it had been if it had been Jerry Rose, then yeah, do that. But I think that would have been the only wide receiver I would have given up that sort of capital for. So let's talk about who we did get in free agency thus far. Um, I'm going to start. Well, let's. I'm going to name some names just to get them out of the way. We have a kicker, uh, Jonathan Brown, signed to a two-year deal. Interesting, considering we did uh, place the tag on Robbie Gold. And then we picked up a punter after releasing Bradley Pinion. Uh, we've picked up Justin Vogel from the Packers. He's been signed to a one-year deal. But here's where it gets exciting, guys. And I, I, think, um, I think you guys are really going to want to dig into these guys. We picked up D Ford, a defensive lineman from uh, traded from the Chiefs. We picked up Quan Alexander, a linebacker. He came, comes to us from the Buccaneers. David Mayo, a linebacker, four years with the Panthers. Jason Verrett, cornerback, four years with the Chargers. One, two, three, four, right there. There's four defensive players. What do you think? Well, from the most offensive-minded head coach in the National Football League, it's really surprised me, the emphasis on defense. But the D4 trade for me, what a, what a brilliant bit of business. Like, I've, 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 I hold my hands up, I've had a right moan about our front office not doing anything. And then these deals came out. And it's not just the deals uh, for Quan Alexander. I'm just mainly talking about D Ford and Quan Alexander. The value in the deals is fantastic. It's brilliant. Um, what we give up to get to D Ford. Um, and the, the contracts as well looked into the contracts. I know Mark Lyon has looked into the contracts and I've read a lot of the stuff that he's posted about the group as well. And I can't remember who's exactly, but a lot of these contracts, well, for instance, uh, Jason Brett, I think if he stays fit, which is the big if, he'll be a top cornerback. But And the deal they've given him is a prove-it deal. But yeah. Let's start with one. Let's start with one of them. D Ford. What a brilliant acquisition that is. How the Chiefs have even contemplated letting him go is to our benefit. He, um, I've seen Brian Baldinger, who I rate really highly, has done an analysis on the NFL.com. I tried to show it to the group. It wouldn't let me do it. But 
just all his players last season coming in off the edge. The speed on the guy is he's, he's, he's what they class. Well, what Brian Baldinger class is like an undersized, you know, edge rusher. They could say undersized, more built more like a linebacker, but with the speed that he's got and the talent that he showed last season is exactly what we've been missing. The exact piece, in my opinion, and sort of player that we're missing. And if we can, again, we'll go on to it, but if we can draft someone along, it takes the pressure off whoever we draft, let's put it that way. If we draft that position, it's a, we don't know what's going on in the draft. But D Ford is, I'm chuffed, absolutely chuffed to pieces with it. And um, I'll let Michael have a chat. I listened to um, Matt Mayoko's podcast today on Quan Alexander, the interview done. Sounds like a guy I want on my football team, let's just say that. Uh, Michael, what do you think, more than me rambling on all the time? I'm going to start cutting you off, too. <laughs> I think, uh, starting with a red, like you do uh, did, um, I think if he stays fit, he will be a steal. Um, he, I think uh, he will be our number two cornerback if he stays fit, and That's not good for Witherspoon, but uh, I think Verrett has much more talent than Witherspoon. Yeah, DeFord, um, if he can keep his form from last year, yeah, he, he was a steal too. If he plays like the years before, uh, I'm a bit torn. And Quan Alexander, um, I think it's a really good addition. Uh, he just has to work on his tackling problems. Uh, And you fit right in. We have we have a lot we have <laughs> we had a lot of tackling problems last year. Also, I had a nice conversations with Scott Gielen, and Scott Gielen said most of the tackles he missed were tackles he shouldn't have made in the first place because there was no chance to make the tackles. So I'm a bit torn there too. Um, but what I really like is the addition of Jordan Matthews uh, because I think if he stays fit he can be the red zone threat we hadn't last year well we'll get to offense in a minute right I want to focus on the defense I have been saying for years years and years uh, the defense has not they have not paid a lot of attention to the defense and shoring up the defense and it's been the biggest thorn in our side for the last few years so having them go after four defensive people this offseason in this free agency is really exciting to me. Looking at some of their stats, Jason Verrett, uh, his four years with the Chargers, he was out of uh, football last year, I believe he was injured. Four years with the Chargers, 80 tackles, 80 assists, no sacks. Mm, okay. But then you go to D Ford, five years with the Chiefs, 137 tackles, 34 assists, 30 and a half sacks. How many sacks did we have last year? Not that many. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> outside of uh, Buckner, there wasn't really much production on that front. So Cassius Marsh had a couple. Yeah, I don't know. You're testing me. Carry on. <laughs> uh, let's see. Quan Alexander, four years with the Bucks, 380 tackles, 109 assists, seven sacks. So there's the pressure from those two. I'm really excited to see them on our defense. Uh, David Mayo, we haven't really talked about. I don't really know a lot about him. He spent four years with the Panthers. He had 61 tackles, 23 assists. Again, it's another linebacker. It's another defensive back. It's what we need. It's what has been ignored for the last few years while we work on the offense, which is fine, but 
you know, when you want to see those wins, you really need to have that defense. Defense wins championships, doesn't it? Let's let's not let's not do it. Where when we did when we when we had the cowboy and you know Justin Smith, what a player, and the two linebackers, of course, Beast and Willis. Well, I say I mentioned a minute ago that I listened to Matt Miyoko's podcast, and I really think that Quan Alexander. I don't want to say his name because it still upsets me, but I still think the move for Quan Alexander was lined up or being considered even when Ruben Foster was on the team. I really think that they've put a lot of thought into this guy because he was explaining that he's been, they say the, the green man. They, so last season for us, Fred Warner was the, the captain, the, the play caller the play caller for the defence, I think it is. Basically, for me, the Navarro Berman role. And Quan Alexander's been doing that for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the past four years, pretty much since his rookie season. Now, he said on this interview that he's happy to he's happy for Fred Warner to carry on that, um, but he'll be there if the guy needs any assistance. That's exactly the sort of thing that we need. We also, you know, we, we have the draft coming up. We are fourth in terms of cap space right now. We have about $34 million left you know it, but you don't want to you don't want to uh, fill up that cap space just for the sake of filling it up you know what i mean you don't want to you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot by signing all these flashy people to all these big contracts when you still have the draft you have to get through and if we do take bosa at number two or even i've seen reports that maybe josh allen would be a better fit um but still, that's a, the number two pick of the draft. It's a first rounder. They're gonna get top dollar, so you gotta have that money. You gotta budget for that. Uh, but you forget that we also resigned Elijah Lee, and I think uh, Elijah Lee and Fred Ward under those two, the defense stabilized uh, in the end. Well, and we also resigned Anton Exum Jr. and Mark and Zocha. So the solid players that we had from last year, we resigned, which is good. And not to these long contracts. Exum and uh, Lee and Jimmy Ward all have one-year deals. Um, and Zocha got a three-year deal. So, you know, and looking at these, we're not mortgaging our future, which is good. Yeah, I say I touched on it earlier as well, that the contracts that have been handed out to guys that were signed, I think Prague, I can never say his name, Prague, Pragmarte. There you go. Thank you. He has been getting a lot of plaudits in terms of he apparently he's in charge or has a great dealing to do with the contract negotiations and the deals that he's 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 cut these guys to are very favourable for the team. Correct, for instance, is a prove it deal if he, if he becomes injured and doesn't perform or you know, can't perform because he's injured. Unfortunately, sorry for him, but we'll be able to get rid of him very easily. I think even the Quan Alexander and D Ford deals are very much, well, mostly, I think, I say, Mark Lyon, go on the page, Mark Lyon's done a lot of comments and a lot of talk about the contracts. He's looked into it more than me, but I just know that the contracts of these guys have been given are very favourable for the team. And I think to get these deals done and still have, you said the fourth biggest cap space? Fourth most cap space? Fourth most cap space, yes. And to sign players... Two players, again, focusing on the two big two, D Ford and Quan Alexander, for the production you've just read out their stats, to sign those and still have that amount of cap room, I think is, is very clever. Well, let's let's talk about running backs, because we did end up signing one this free, se this free agency season. Tevin Coleman to a two-year deal. 
He spent four years with the Falcons. He scored 18 touchdowns as a as a running back, 15, no, 11 as a receiver. Did we need this additional running back? Are we are we playing it safe because we don't know where Jets going to be when he gets back on the field? I think it's just a case of how good Tevin Coleman does in Carl Shanahan's system. He knows the production he can get out of this guy. And you said the two-year deal. Is it two-year 10 million or something like that? Two-year, eight and a half million with a max value of 10.6. So again, a steal. Exactly. What contract? I, I mean, I was surprised there wasn't, again, all speculation, there wasn't more interested parties in the production. You've just read out his production. And most of that production is in a Shanahan system. So, I mean, it is, it's the dual threat element for me. Again, we don't know what we're going to get with Jet yet, with McKinnon. Um, I imagine him and Coleman will be very similar roles in that system. Uh, and let's hope we've got both of them firing on cylinders. What What's better than having, you've got Matt Breeder, who's, uh, you know, we've all seen how well that guy can run the ball. We've got Mozart, who unfortunately went down, played with his heart on his sleeve and was getting them extra two, three yards, purely through determination. And then you've got these guys who you don't know whether they're going to bring the ball through you or run past you and catch it. So it's, I think it's another steal, um, an absolute brilliant contract and a player that Shanahan knows he's not going to have to, you know, brief on the system too much. He's going to know. Michael, what do you think this means for Breda? Yeah, I, I, I don't, sorry, I don't think Breda will have the problem. Uh, I think Jet will have the problem because uh, in my eyes, uh, Coleman is our number one running back. He's the most talented of the four. And uh, Breda showed last year that he can carry a team. Jet hasn't showed this yet. So I think the problem is more or less with Jet than with Breeder. Yeah, I agree. That's, they're, they're too sim. No, they're, like I've just said, they're the two, probably the two most similar players we've got on our, well, on our roster. So if one doesn't perform, hopefully the other one does. It's, it's a business as well. This is true. But, you know, you, you have a certain loyalty to a player who did basically carry with George Kittle carried yeah. the team, the offense on his back. I'd, I'd be very annoyed if we got rid of Matt Brady. I, I, I would be too, but it's happened before. I know. I know. <laughs> so let's talk about the um, reintroduction of the Rice bloodline into the 49ers <laughs> system in the signing of his uh, second cousin, his first cousin once removed, Jordan Matthews. Yeah, um, I talked to a buddy of mine who is an Eagles fan, and uh, I like what I hear from him. And he said, basically, if Jordan Matthews can stay fit, he can solve our red zone problem because uh, he is a very good red zone receiver. Uh, the problem is, can he stay fit? Very much the same as Jason Verrett, isn't it? It's a one-year prove-it deal. Um, and I hope he proves it because... You've, yeah, exactly. He's that big-bodied red zone receiver. He's he's almost a tight end size shape receiver, isn't he? And yeah, we struggled as we all know. We all struggled to get that final, you know, final throw, final touch to get that score those touchdown points. So yeah, hopefully he's going to be that. He, I've watched a little bit about him. He reminds me very much of Jordan Reed. Is it very similar in stature and 
Whereas a lot of our other guys are speedsters, smaller guys, you know, Taylor, Marquis Good, and we know how quick he is. So, yeah, I think it's that red zone threat, like you said, Michael. I hope that these guys that we're, st- I mean, obviously we all do, but these guys that we're signing on one year deals that need to stay fit in order to obviously get the further contract and get the production out of them, they do, because otherwise. We'll be immediately back down that depth chart at each of these positions, won't we? Well, and the, wor- the worst part about all of this is you get excited for free agencies, see who we bring in, and then by the time the 53-man roster is set, some of these guys may not be around. Yeah, happened last year, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it did. Uh, talking about Jordan Matthews, just to throw out a few stats, in his five years in the league, he spent four years with the Eagles and one year with the Bills. He had 270 receptions for 3,255 yards. His average is a 12.1 yard after catch. He had 49 receptions of 20-plus yards, eight receptions of 40-plus yards, 152 first downs, 22 touchdowns. There's some production there. Yeah, and that's supposedly from a player who suffered badly with injuries. Yeah, and he did that with Nick Foles. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the, uh, the new Jag- the new Jackson the new Hill London Jaguars. Jaguars. <laughs> London Jaguars, yeah. The new London Jaguars star. And then we did we did also sign a long snapper, just so everybody knows. <laughs> His name is Kyle Nelson. So. Uh, so let's see. We did. We talked a little bit about some of the players we've re-signed. We did not touch on Mike Person, who, the offensive lineman, who was re-signed to a three-year extension. Uh, who else? Raheem Mostert, he, our restricted free agent. He agreed to a three-year deal. Uh, we're still waiting. They've tendered a one-year offer to Greg Maben, who is an exclusive rights free agent. And then exercise options on Kyle Juszczyk. Thank God. Dakota Watson and Quan Williams. So again, linebacker and quarterback, cornerback there, guys. We got more defensive linemen we're keeping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did decline the option on Pierre Garçon and Earl Mitchell. What do you guys think about that? Garçon never produced in a Niners jersey, unfortunately. Yeah, I think he's, we all, we all got excited about him. Um, he just never produced, unfortunately. He's, sometimes... Teams, players just don't work out. Um, hopefully, he can go and have, you know, some sort of production. But it really wouldn't surprise me if we soon see the headlines that Pierre Garçon has decided to retire from the National Football League. But you know, sometimes these guys do carry on. Look at Frank Gore. How he's still, yeah, go- he's still going. Oh, I mean, oh, he's I'd not love- going to get the ring. He so deserves that. He really does. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It would have been nice to have seen him. Well, not nice to see him, but perhaps get him on a Patriots team, get him a ring. The only way that he probably would have done that in the recent few years. But yeah, so, I mean, my, my person, again, when, well, when these guys don't stand out too much on the offensive line, normally means that they're doing their job. Exactly. Uh, didn't really stand out too much to me, but that probably means he was doing his job. Um, McGlinchy got a lot of the... Uh, because of him being a first-round draft pick, got a lot of the plaudits on the offensive line last year. Uh, and obviously, you know, old uh, reliable Joe. Um, so, I mean, it was for me last year, that was the one thing that we solved, or not, you know, the one thing that was a million times better than the previous two seasons, three seasons, four seasons. <laughs> so, yeah, so if you do his job, then, yeah, come back for three years, carry on doing your job. 
Michael, anything else to add? Yeah, uh, like James said, uh, I think uh, Pierre Gasson's time in the NFL comes to an end. He he did not uh, only didn't produce; he he was more injured than he played with us. And a very good example for uh, contracts mean nothing in the NFL. Uh, Cassius Marsh, he just got an uh, the option, and a few days later they said he could go. Really disappointed to that personally. I really like that guy. I'm I'm not I really. Um, I can understand uh, our front office because. Uh, it's it's a sign that we will uh, add another edge in the draft and yeah he i think they gave him the time to find a new team and not cut him uh, shortly before the before the season yeah um i think yeah exactly it's good i mean it's better for Cassius marsh because it gives him a chance to go and find a new team but i do think you're right there i think it shows our hand in the draft a bit more personally I think it's kind of indicating to the rest of the league what we're thinking of doing with that number two pick. Whereas, I mean, it's the draft. Nobody actually knows. And on the day, you could see us, you know, trade the number two pick and get more picks. So, you know, that's that sort of option as well. But I do think it indicates that we're going to be looking to draft at least one edge rusher, whether it's that second pick or whether it's further down. I don't know. And no one will until April 25th. <laughs> Do you guys have anything else you want to add for this free agency period? We spoke briefly before. I've seen a lot of people. A lot of people, and I was. I've held my hands up that I was at first disgruntled, but I think we have to look at this free agency period so far, and we have to give credit to the front office, John Lynch, and I said whose name I can't say. Prague Marath for these contracts that he's been getting. Um, I think we're building and we're building right. Um, it's not the flashy signings that sometimes we all want. But it's positive again. I'm not going to get too excited just yet because I did last year. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's positive and it's we continue going forward. I think. Yeah, in general, I like our signings. Uh, I would have loved if we get one or two or uh, uh, one of the safety out there. Um, not not uh, Landon Collins. Or- also, I would have liked him, but uh, the Honey Badger, for example, was relatively cheap. I didn't understand why we didn't go for a safety because uh, we have also a safety problem, uh, I think, and uh, the honey badger would be a cheap uh, and good uh, safety for for us. Now he plays uh, elsewhere. And you can't solve it all just in the draft either. So you really do have to have a good balance of free agency and draft. And uh, I'm I'm excited for the draft to see just what they're gonna do. I know everyone is sold on Bosa. I, I I'm honest. I don't watch college football. I'm trying to get into it, but I didn't see anything at the combine that really stood him out from Josh Allen or anybody else. So uh, I'm I'm curious to see what they're gonna do. And I'm hearing, you know, like I said, I'm hearing that Josh Allen may have a leg up just because the initial interviews at the combine with Bosa supposedly didn't go well. That's the rumor going around out here or didn't go the way they expected. Yeah, he's, I've heard a little bit about Bosa. He's from a footballing family, isn't he? I think from what I've heard, and I don't know the guy, but he's got a aura of entitlement about him. He knows how good he is. Whereas Alan, uh, Josh Allen, I've heard he's a bit more comes across a bit more 
uh, hungry and humble as opposed to Bosa is very confident that he's going to produce in the NFL regardless of where he ends up. Whereas Josh Allen, from what I've read, and again, it's all speculation, but from what I've read, seems to have the appreciation that when he enters the NFL, that doesn't automatically mean he's made it. Whereas I think we're getting the opposite vibes from Bosa. So we'll see. Uh, ultimately, as long as whoever we draft produces on the more football team, Oh yeah, I do not get personally attached to these guys no longer. I have had my you can't. Heart, I've had my heart <laughs> broken. Now, unfortunately, they are football players to me. Football players on my team. So yeah, it's it's. I mean, I've yeah, I'm looking forward to the draft. I enjoy the whole spectacle. I I like watching them come down the red carpets on with their mums and some of the stories. That it, I like finding out about these guys, and it's even better when you see them do well on your team. So I like the whole the whole thing to do with the draft looking forward to it i think there's a lot more to come out of this offseason for our team i think i don't know if it's the it's the norm or what but i still think i still feel we've got some sort of got some coaching changes or we might hear a few yeah i just read something before we even started recording and i wasn't going to mention it but they added another uh athletic training coach uh dustin little is now the head athletic trainer so they're obviously looking at their strength and conditioning program and see it as an actual problem like we were saying it could be last year so yeah but i don't know much about him so i did not do a whole lot of research on that should we should we should we make predictions about what's going to happen to that second pick or are we done for now let's make a prediction because then we can do a post-draft (laughs) <laughs> podcast and see how horribly wrong we've all got it <laughs> go ahead michael you start yeah i already i already did my prediction uh way before <laughs> i say we trade uh we trade down not necessarily with the new york football giants uh but i think we will trade down uh for a good price because uh one thing you can say in this draft uh it's not only Bosa and Allen. The edge class is very rich this year. Yeah. Just taking from what I read, it, for some reason, Colin Murray is all of a sudden, since he declared that he wants to all of a sudden play football, <laughs> he's the number one pick. Um, and I really, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm going to go with the kid. I think we will draft Bosa. I think we'll draft Bosa or like Marcus has tried down, but I honestly can see us picking Bosa. I know, again, I've just said it, as long as he produces as a football player on my football team, then I'll be happy. Um, I might not like the guy personally, but then we've all had that special deep out with one particular cornerback of ours. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll draft Bosa and I think with D Ford and the rest of the guys on that team will hopefully help free him up and he'll be able to produce in his rookie season because I mean his brother's a hell of a football player um, so so I hope he's as good if not better than his brother. Okay. I would like to see them trade down and get additional picks later in the draft that's what I want to see what I think they might do though I, th- I think they're going to surprise us all and select Josh Allen as the number two pick. Okay I wouldn't be opposed to that. Allen or Bosa um I wouldn't be opposed to a lot of things, to be honest. A lot of things. It's it's a good position to be in. However, I, to fast forward 12 months, wouldn't like to be having that number two pick again. I'd be really, really annoyed. 
That's true. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up for today. Uh, thanks to audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Mark Lyon, Mark Kahn, Andrew Mitchell, J- Neil Jepson, Deepak Gohill, Paul McDonald, James Little, Rob Newell, Simon Holdsworth, Nathaniel James, Ross Irwin, Jason Argo, and Graham Ross for all the work that they do on the group and the show. Apologies to anyone I've missed. If you would like to get involved on the show, just let us know. You can message any of the admins in the group. We're always looking for members to appear on the show or just to contribute content, but we would really love to have you on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire GB. Don't forget to check out the blog, which is available on your favorite podcast app. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. It's time to say goodbye, boys. Goodbye. Goodbye, boys. <laughs> on behalf of James Little and Michael Wandy, I'm Kat Victorino. I will be better next time, so we will see you later. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now.